It's episode 566 of the Locked On Texas Rangers podcast. On today's show, I will be giving three, count them, three bold predictions for the Texas Rangers this year, and I'll be making my award picks, my playoff picks, and my World Series picks. All that and more coming up on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On the Texas Rangers. I'm your host, Bryce Patrick, here host of the Locked On Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick, follow the show at Locked On Rangers, and subscribe on YouTube where we have passed our 700 subscriber goal for opening day, which is coming up in two days for the Rangers, one day for the rest of baseball. Rangers fans have to wait because of course they do until Friday. It's a a very fun week of shows. If you haven't listened yet this week, I encourage you to check out the rest of the episodes we've done on Monday. I had five burning questions that the Rangers had to answer this year. I also, in yesterday's episode, we did a roundtable full of the AL West. It was a little bit longer episode, but a really great perspective on all the AL West teams. And I've got a couple more great shows for you. I'll be at Frisco Rough Riders Media Day today as you're listening to this, recording this on Tuesday. But Wednesday is Frisco Rough Riders Media Day. I will be having talks with, hopefully, Jack Leiters, Dustin Harris, a couple of the other great prospects, and an exclusive one-on-one with the Viper, Chase Lee, also on Friday. The big, big full preview show of what to expect from the Rangers this year from A to Z from game 162 until the end of the season which might be it game 162 from 1 to 162 is what I probably should have said but on today's show I will be giving several predictions for all of baseball and for the Rangers as well some of them will be bold some of them will be mild some of them will be somewhere in between but let's go ahead and get into some award picks. This is always my favorite time of year where I'm allowed to be blatantly wrong and no one will remember it because it'll be by the end of the season. And six months will have happened, 162 games for every single team will have happened by then, in between now and then. And people will forget how wrong I was. They don't They don't keep receipts. They really don't. So I can just go out and say the wildest things possible. I, I try and keep them pretty reasonable because I'll look back at them myself the next year and think, wow, what an idiot I was, or wow, I was such a genius. I completely hit that right on the head. But anyway, let's start with Rookie of the Year. Start with the Young Guns and American League. We're going to start with American League, and we'll go west to east, because most other people go east to west. You know, They go with the time zones, but I stick with the most important, which is obviously in the west. Now, the Rookie of the Year is a, a tough question in the American League this year. It feels like there's a couple of really good candidates. There's Bobby Witt Jr., who I have really loved for a long time, I think it's going to be really, really good. There's also a couple other guys. But the one that I'm going with is is one for my, my fellow losers. Like I guess the Royals have kind of been one of the fellow losers. It's always kind of one of the fellow losers that is in this discussion. But anyway, I'm going with Adley Rutschman of the Baltimore Orioles. He is a catcher, former first overall pick, a guy who is just an incredible player, going to be a really, really good player for the Baltimore Orioles for a long, long time. He hits extremely well. He catches extremely well. He's one of those guys who does everything really well. Julio Rodriguez is another guy that's going to be on a lot of lists. And Zach Lowther of of Baltimore is another 
kind of under the radar pick as well as Shane Boz of the Rays. But Bobby Witt Jr., Julio Rodriguez, and Adley Rutschman, those are the big three that it's going to be between. I think both, all three of these guys are going to have a really good season. It's going to be a great Rookie of the Year race this year, unlike it was last year when it was clearly Dolores Garcia's and everyone else was too much of a coward to give him that award like they should have. But it's okay, I forgive them because he won it in my heart. He also won it in the Sporting News, which I've always said is the real Rookie of the Year award because they gave it to Adoles Garcia because they recognize greatness when they saw it. But Adley Rutschman is going to have a really great year. Julio Rodriguez is going to be a huge pain in the butt of Rangers fans for a long, long time. In Seattle, he made the opening day roster. He's going to be playing center field. And Bobby Witt Jr. is a local Colleyville kid whose dad pitched for the Rangers and is going to hit bombs and play really dang good defense at third base and probably eventually shortstop for the Kansas City Royals. But I think Adley Rutschman is going to take home the award. He's hurt to start the season. It's going to put him behind the eight ball a little bit because both these other guys are going to be starting the season with the big league roster. But I think Adley Rutschman is just too dang good. Let's look at Cy Young. There's a lot of good candidates in the American League. It was a tough award. Robbie Ray won it last year. He has moved over, still in the American League, now with Seattle and has a bit more of a, a, a pitcher-friendly park in Seattle. And it's going to be a really, really tough award. But I'm going to go with the surprise pick, Shohei Otani. Yeah, that's right. Shohei Otani, who was an all-star as a pitcher last year and absolutely deserved it, was the MVP because he hit and pitched really well. It should be renamed the Shohei Otani Award until future notice, but I, I might not pick him for the American League MVP because I think he's going to take a huge step forward in pitching this year. He's going to be more consistent, I believe, going to be able to have some more starts. He was very healthy last year, and I think he'll continue that this year. And having that innings load on him last year, he had... Just an incredible workload, but he was able to, you know, DH and not play the field too much, and now he's going to be able to pitch and then switch over to DH once he's out of game, so he'll get more at-bats. So he might be more likely to win the MVP this year than he was last year because of the new rule change that is pretty much specially tailored for him. But I think he's going to have an incredible year as a pitcher, and he's going to blow all these other guys away. Nobody really stands out as, you know, completely can't miss i mean it's going to be really close between garrett cole and lucas giolito shane bieber is going to be in there as well as jose Barrios and robbie ray but i i just think otani is going to make another step that guy is unbelievable the stuff that he does is unprecedented it is so much fun to watch and i look forward to being right and stunting and keeping the receipt for this specifically not any other prediction that i get wrong but in the mvp race i think it can be vladimir guerrero jr I really do. The guy had an incredible season last year. If it wasn't for Shohei Otani breaking what we thought was possible in the sport of baseball and doing things that haven't been done since Babe Ruth, but doing them the better than Babe Ruth did, honestly. It's more impressive. It was more ridiculous what he was doing as a hitter and a pitcher. He was better at both than Babe Ruth. I feel pretty confident in saying Babe Ruth didn't do anything near what Shohei Otani was doing. Didn't pitch at the level. He might have hit more bombs and you know been better in that era. But like this era is more impressive being able to do it when everyone is so specialized and so much better than they were in the 1920s. No offense, Babe Ruth, but a little bit of offense because Shohei Otani is unbelievable. But MVP is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. The guy had an incredible year last year, unprecedented. He's going to be asked to do a little bit more on this team. He had a few more guys come in. He lost Marcus Simeon in his lineup, so a, lot, a little bit more is going to be asked of him. But he said that he is on even another level than he was last year, and he really came in and tore the roof off. He was one of the most coveted prospects in all of baseball. The first couple of years, he was just fine. He was pretty good. And then last year was just unreal. 161 games, an OPS over 1,000, 48 home runs at on base, over 400, batting over 300, slugging over 600. The guy was just unreal. An OPS plus of 169. This guy just could not stop hitting bombs 
walking and not striking out that much. He was unreal, and I think he's going to take it to an even higher level this year. Might be a little bit better defensively at first base than he was before, but this guy is going to be ridiculous for a long, long time. He's going to win several MVPs throughout his career. I feel like at least one. He's just going to be 23 years old this year. He did all that last year as a 22-year-old, and he'd only been in the major leagues for, what, a full year or two years, however long he'd been. Yeah, no, 2019 and 2020, he was in the major leagues for both those full seasons. And this will be his fourth year, and he's 23 years old. He's going to be unreal and take it to another level this year. Um, In terms of manager of the year, I have Scott Service of the Seattle Mariners. I think Seattle is, before they made these these big offseason acquisitions, they were the most likely to take a step back. They won 90 games last year. They were not a 90-win team. They just were not that good. It it just was a lot of winning in tight games, having some really good luck, and I think the things that they did this offseason really are going to take help them take it to the next level. The rest of the manager in this league, all, all the other, I mean, it might be the Blue Jays manager. It might be uh, Charlie Montoya. He, he might end up winning it because they'll take a, a, probably a big step, but I really, really think if the Mariners make the playoffs, especially if they win the American League West, then Scott Service is going to win that award. Now, coming up, I'm going to get into my NL predictions. Maybe a little bit shorter than the American League. I'm also going to make my postseason picks. But first, I want to thank you guys so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. Now, if you're looking for some advice for a second listen, you can check out Locked On Elite Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the LV stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's look into my NL predictions. We're going to start with Rookie of the Year, as we did before. And, you know, that seems like an obvious choice. You know, it's a real obvious choice, a guy who is coming in, who's going to play the outfield for a team who's probably not going to contend. They're going to be in the NL Central and this guy is going to absolutely mess. That's right. It's O'Neal Cruz. Yeah, you thought I was going to go with Seiya Suzuki, but I'm a little bit bitter. I, I think it's the obvious pick. And I don't. I just don't like making the obvious pick. Even if it's really right, it just doesn't feel right. One of the few predictions that I've gotten the last few years was was picking Shane Bieber to win the Cy Young the year he won the Cy Young. And I was like, wow, I feel so great about that. It was so obvious. Seiya Suzuki is probably going to end up winning this award. But I think O'Neal Cruz is really... It's really on, like, needs to be on more people's radars. He is an outfielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates, if you did not know. They've got some really talented outfielders. And Brian Reynolds, I mean, yeah, they were one of the worst teams in baseball last year, and their pitching is just an absolute travesty. But they've had some really good players come up. Key Brian Hayes probably would have won the American League Rookie of the Year last year if he was healthy for the entire season. He started off the season really well, but missed a whole, whole bunch of time and basically took him all the way out of the race. But O'Neill Cruz is going to be incredible. There's a couple other guys that are worth putting on your radar. C.J. Abrams of the Padres, who is going to start the year in the big leagues. A really, really talented hitter. Joey Bart, catcher for the Giants. I didn't want to pick two catchers. That felt too obvious and on the nose. And Bart has had some struggles the last couple years. Now it's his time to come in. There's going to be a lot of pressure for him because stepping in for Buster Posey, I mean, he always knew it was going to be eventually his job, but I think he might have thought he would get one year to be under Buster Posey play at the major league level as kind of a, you know, co-catcher with him. But that didn't happen, so this is going to be the first year without him, the guy who is a pillar of their franchise. There's also Hunter Green, a pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, who is going to be pretty dang good this year, and Cade Cavalli as well. But I'm, I'm picking O'Neill Cruz a little bit out of spite, but a little bit because I believe that guy can absolutely mash. Cy Young is going to be Jacob DeGrime. The guy had one of the best pitching seasons in baseball history last year, and injuries absolutely robbed him. I 
don't know how healthy he's going to be this year. As we are speaking, he had just had some inflammation, some, you know, taken out for precautionary reasons, which uh, according to Mets Twitter means that their arm has fallen off or they are dying or they are not in this universe anymore. They have spawned into the multiverse and will not be coming back because that's just what happens to the Mets. But DeGrom is going to build off that and if he pitches in 100 innings this year, I think the stuff that he's going to do while he's pitching in those 100 innings is going to be historic and it's going to blow the other guys out of the water and win that award for the Mets and hopefully keep them from going full Mets and missing the playoffs after having probably the best offseason in Major League Baseball. Now, MVP, I think it's going to be Ronald Cunha Jr. He's not going to be ready to start the season. He is coming off a pretty bad injury. But the Braves, I think, need him a lot. They're the, the NL East is going to be a hot mess. And I think he's going to come back with a vengeance. The guy is one of the best young players in baseball. He's had a little bit of injury history. But when he is on, he is one of the most dynamic and fun players in baseball. He is hitting bombs. He is sliding. He is making great plays in the outfield. He is just unbelievable. I feel really good about picking Ronald Cunha Jr. I, I thought about picking Mookie Betts because every year that he has like a slightly down year for him, which is like being a three or four win player, which is kind of crazy because that would be the best player on the Rangers last year. He goes off and goes off with a vengeance, and I think that might be a candidate for him to do it this year. But I also think that with the additions that they made in Freddie Freeman and the rest of their lineup being so ridiculously deep, it might be hard for him to win some MVP votes unless he's absolutely killing it. Juan Soto also is the obvious candidate here to win the MVP because he just won it last year and he's putting up Barry Bonsian numbers. But again, I don't like making obvious picks. So with manager of the year, I'm going to pick Bob Melvin of the Padres. Yeah, they had a historic collapse last year. Yeah, Fernando Tatis Jr. is missing multiple months because he was stupid and, and rode a motorcycle, which is not a great idea when you're a $300 million uh, contract signer and your health or your your ability to make money depends on your health. Like, it just go go ride your Harleys after your career is done. But I, I just think that this team added quite a bit of key depth. They didn't do that much, but the things that they did were, I mean, they didn't need much last year. They needed just a few more healthy pitchers. The top end of their rotation is absolutely deadly. But again, almost everybody in their starting rotation has had some injury questions or some questions of can they still be good in the second half of a season. Yu Darvish was amazing the first half, fell off in the second half, as well as a bunch of their other starters, and that's kind of why they fell off. They also had a really good bullpen. One of the best lineups in baseball. They really do have an incredible lineup, and I think that having Bob Melvin in there, it's it's a heck of a job because it's a huge cluster fork, um, maybe more so than anyone other than, like, the Mets, maybe even more than the Mets, definitely more than the Mets last year, but, like, Bob Melvin is one of the best managers in baseball, and I think if anyone can write that ship, I think it's going to be him. But yeah, and then I'm going to go with my most overrated and my most underrated. It, both of them are going to be in the NL West. I think the most overrated is the Dodgers. I don't know how much I trust their rotation, which sounds like I'm I'm dissing on Clayton Kershaw. I am not. I'm dissing on literally everybody else. I think Walker Buehler might take another step. He's definitely going to be a Cy Young contender, but I don't think he's going to win it. I don't know how much I trust the rest of their rotation. But losing guys like Max Scherzer, losing guys like they're not probably not going to have Trevor Bauer this season and, uh, you know, that's fine, but the top three of their lineup or their rotation is Walker Buehler, Julio Arias, and Clayton Kershaw. When it when you go from your number four pitcher being either Max Scherzer or Trevor Bauer to Tony Gonsolin, who is a really good pitcher, it's just a huge, huge drop off for them. And they lost a lot in their bullpen. They lost Kenley Jansen. They lost uh, 
Joe Kelly as well, and I just think there's going to be a bit of a drop-off. Not that I think they're going to be bad, but it's not what I said. I just think they're the most overrated, because if they do anything other than go break the Mariners' record for most wins in a Major League regular season with 117 then and win a World Series, it's it's going to be a huge disappointment for them. But the most underrated, again, I think it's going to be the Padres. I think that Bob Melvin is going to help a lot. I think this team is deep, and I think the moves they did – they still have more moves to make. They might add some more starting pitching. I think Mackenzie Gore is looking more like the top-ish prospect in baseball that he was before than he was last year when he looked like absolute trash. I'm saying he's more towards that. Not saying that he is going to be, you know, reclaim his top five prospect pitching prospect in all of baseball status. But I think he's more, I don't know, finding himself and being an actual back into the rotation pitcher, if not mid-tier rotation pitcher. Not necessarily like a, a future ace like they thought he would be, but if he can actually find himself after what looked like kind of a case of the yips last year, that would be a huge improvement for them in in padding their depth of their rotation. Now I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to look at my playoff picks and my three bold takes for the Texas Rangers in the 2022 season. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar that you will ever have. Trust me, they are delicious. They have so many different flavors and they are absolutely great for you. They're low calorie, they're high in protein. You can replace your candy bars with these. They are even better than a typical candy bar, which can be anywhere up to Two or 300 calories. Most of the Built Bars contain 130 calories. You know, they got four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, which is a lot more than your average candy bar. They have so many different flavors. They've got these Built Bar Puffs, which are marshmallow infused with protein covered in chocolate. They are delicious. So go try them for yourself. See the flavors that they have. Choose the ones you like. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now let's run through these playoff picks very quick that are all going to be 100% right, just like my roster projection version 2 was going to be 28 for 28 until everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. And by that, I mean Jose Trevino being traded. But anyway, let's look at my AL West pick. I think the Mariners are going to win this division, not just because I am legally, contractually obligated to not pick the Astros to do anything but fail miserably. I think logically, it's just this is the time for the Mariners. The Astros, they're good. They're a deep team. They're, they lost a lot, though. Losing Carlos Correa is huge. Losing Zach Greinke is notable, it's not huge, but it's definitely notable. You provide a lot of stability to that rotation. They're adding back Justin Verlander, who is, I believe, 39 this year and coming off Tommy John surgery. hasn't really pitched in two seasons. And while if anybody can do that at his age, come back from Tommy John after his workload, it would be Justin Verlander because the guy is an absolute workhorse, more so one of the top workhorses of his generation. Truly impressive, the stuff that he's done. But again, at his age, it's just how much can you come back from? I think he's going to pitch, and he might be fine, but I don't think you're expecting anywhere near peak Justin Verlander. Like, 150 innings would be generous if they can get 100. I think that would be – they'd be happy with that. But again, the rest of the rotation, I don't know how great it's going to hold up next year. They're going to be missing time from their actual top starter. And, you know, losing Carlos Correa is huge, I think. Bregman's regression last year, I think that's real. I don't necessarily think he's going to be as bad as he was last year, but I don't know that he's going to be you know, the top three MVP kind of guy that he has been, top five-ish MVP guy that he has been in the past. 
I mean, second base, they're getting older. They're just getting older around the diamond. They're losing guys. They always come up with some new guy that ends up being fine. Jeremy Pena is going to be at shortstop, but losing Carlos Correa is huge. And I don't think that they're going to be as good as they are. I do have them penciled in for a wild card spot, but in the NL Central, I think it's going to be the White Sox. I think that's pretty easy slam dunk, no brainer. And in the East, I think it's going to be the Blue Jays. It's going to be a real fight between them and Tampa Bay as to who wins the division, but I think that the Blue Jays are going to be able to pull it off. The Rays have a really much improved offense, but for once, I'm kind of concerned about their pitching, not because they don't have good players, but because they have a lot of young players. They don't have that much depth. They did bring in Corey Kluber, who is pretty much the the one old guy on their starting rotation, but I don't know how much I trust the depth. Their offense might be able to make up for it, and their bullpen is always always incredible and they've got a bunch of young guys that are going to be insanely fun and i think they're going to be the top wild card whichever one of these teams doesn't win the al east is going to be the top wild card in toronto and the jays and or excuse me toronto and tampa bay but you know while tampa bay's offense is much better than it's ever been it's just not anywhere near the deadliness of the toronto blue jays lineup now in my wild card two spot i have the astros I do think they're going to regress. I don't think they're going to win 95 games. They might win 90-ish, but regression is coming for them at some point. And, you know, they're not going to be able to sustain that run, which they have been pretty dang good basically since 2015. But eventually those runs do come to an end. I think they're going to be in the wildcard two spot. And they might they probably compete and probably still be the favorite next year, depending on what they do. But in my wildcard three spot, I have the Yankees. It is really tenuous there. I kind of thought about putting the Twins just to be an agent of chaos, but, you know, I just, I couldn't do that. I definitely couldn't put the Rangers. They're, they're not going to be there. They're, they're too many good teams in the rest of the American League. It's either going to be the Yankees or Boston or, you know, maybe it's going to be some mystery team from the AL Central who just decides to get good and beat up on the rest of their trash division. Now, in the NL, NL West... Division winners I think, is the Dodgers. Like they're they're just too deep. They're too good. I do think they're going to be overrated because they're not going to have 170 wins in the regular season in 162 games. But I think they're just so much better than pretty much everyone else in the National League, and they are going to run away with that division in the regular season. The NL Central. I think it's pretty much the same case for the Brewers. The Cardinals are going to have something to say about it, but I don't trust their pitching staff. I don't know how much you can rely on scoring 10 runs a game, which is what they did in the back half of the season to somehow knock the Padres out of the playoffs and make that wild card spot. And they, st- they also have a new roster or a new manager, excuse me, which is kind of weird what happened there. And I think there's still some questions to be answered there, but I, I don't think that the Cardinals will be winning this NL central in the East. I think it's the Braves. They won. They just won the world series. They did lose a little bit. They lost Freddie Freeman, but in Matt Olson, they're getting just about as good a replacement as you could possibly get. They're going to be adding a whole bunch of guys back. They they will still be missing Mike Soraka for most of the season. He might come back towards the end of the year. They brought back a decent chunk of their pieces, and Ronald Cunha Jr. is going to be back. I don't think it's to start the season. He might miss another month, but he's going to be back, and he's one of the best players in baseball. You add all that together, plus the swagger and confidence that comes with being the reigning World Series champs. And I think they're going to win that NLEs pretty easily. Wildcard one, I have the Padres. I think they're going to rebound pretty well. Wildcard two, I have the Phillies. They're going to be a super weird team. 
super weird team. I cannot wait to watch them. Probably going to be the worst te- defensive team in Major League Baseball history. They have like 17 pretty much DH only guys. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch because it's going to be a hot mess defensively. But they're also also going to hit a whole bunch of dingers. They got a bunch of pretty good pitchers. Kyle Gibson was really, really bad for them the back half of last year. But I think he's going to bounce back because I really do think the improvements he made at the first half of the 2021 season with the Rangers are going to take hold. And that might be enough to carry them into the playoffs. And my wild card three, I do not have the Mets in here. I have the Giants. Oh, that would be a huge, huge, huge Metsy situation if they spent all that money and made all those trades and did not make the playoffs next year. But I also think it'd be very Mets. I have the Giants in here. Yeah, I think the Giants are going to fall off quite a bit from their kind of preposterous, felt like an unlikely, ridiculous, all these older guys having career years. They're a smart, smart organization, but they did lose their the Rangers now bench coach and their hitting coach that helped them you know, reform that system, but they also had a lot of great pitching. They added quite a bit of good pitching as well. Um, And I I just think that they are really going to be a difficult out. They might not be as good as they were last year, but I think they're going to be a really, really strong team. So in the World Series, I have the White Sox winning over the Padres. That's right. I have the Dodgers not even making the World Series. It would be a huge, huge meltdown there. And uh, yeah. But I'm going to get to my three bold predictions right now for the Texas Rangers. I spent a lot of time making predictions for everywhere else, and I didn't have the Rangers mentioned anywhere in there. But let's start with bold prediction number one. Get ready. These are pretty bold. But number one, the Rangers have three players on their team win Silver Slugger Awards. Yeah, that's right. I I am calling my shot a little bit in this in saying that it's going to be Mitch Garver, Marcus Simeon, and Corey Seager. Like, that, that feels pretty obvious. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it at three silver sluggers, which positions are you know up for debate. I think if Garver is healthy and plays 100 games, I really think that he might be the best bet to win the silver slugger of everyone on the Rangers. If Marcus Simeon has anywhere near the season he had last year, he's going to win another Gold Glove and he's going to win another silver slugger and be the best second baseman in all of baseball, which I really think he's gonna do. The guy is absolutely incredible. But I'm not counting out Nathaniel Lowe having just an absolutely explode. Actually, wait a minute. Wait a minute, I forgot that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the first baseman. Nope, nope, never mind. It's not It's not going to be Nathaniel Lowe. Scratch that, take that out of my mouth, because um, that is that is definitely not happening. So it really has to be those three guys. It really does have to be those three guys, unless something just absolutely insane from Andy Ibanez happens, or just Cole Calhoun becomes, you know, I don't know, something outrageous and is healthy all year and has the best season of his career. Then, then maybe it's him in right field. Or Adolis Garcia has a, a better year offensively than, you know, Mike Trout or Byron Buxton, which, God, that would be a huge ask and would mean either both those guys were really, really hurt and did not play at all this year or barely at all, or Adolis Garcia, you know, transformed into, I don't know, Super Saiyan Adolis Garcia, and that would be absolutely incredible. My number two bold take. It doesn't feel super bold, but I feel like it's pretty bold considering where they were last year. I think the Rangers are going to be buyers at the deadline. I don't think they're going to make some huge push. I don't think they're going to, you know, trade for Brian Reynolds or something. That would be absolutely bonkers. Plus, the Rangers don't... I don't know that they have the farm system to trade for a Brian Reynolds. It would take something huge. I don't know that they're going to trade for some huge trade chip. But I think they make a move. I think they add to the bullpen. I think they add probably several relievers. 
I think they'll definitely look into which starting pitchers are available if any of those Cincinnati Reds starting pitchers are available or if Frankie Montas is still there on the A's at the trade deadline or by the end of the sentence because I'm a little surprised he hasn't been traded just yet. He's eventually going to get traded. It's just a matter of time. I think sooner is probably more key as opposed to later. And there'll be some other team that falls off that doesn't expect to that will have a starting pitcher or maybe a corner outfielder involved. I think there there is a likely scenario where the Rangers are sellers at the deadline, but I think they could be sellers while they are still fighting for 500. I think there's a scenario where Brad Miller is one of there's probably the first player if the Rangers were going to trade somebody. Him or Martin Perez, I think would be the main guys that you would look at. But Martin Perez, as I'm saying that, I don't really know how likely that would be. But Brad Miller is probably going to be the first guy on my trade watch list for the Texas Rangers. Maybe even Andy Abanez. I don't know. We'll see where that goes. But my number three bold prediction, and hold on to your pants because this one is the boldest of all. Because I think Jack Leiter makes his major league debut by the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I went there. I went there. I said that. And I will stand by it. I don't think it's a David Clyde situation. Although what they're doing for his first start on Saturday in Frisco and including the, the Jack pack. And they already did a bunch of promotions about how all these different things you can get for Jack Leiter's first start with the Texas Rangers system and in Frisco and blah, 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 and all this. And, you know, I'm slightly worried about that, but I mean, this kid, it's, I don't think it's going to go to his head. They're not immediately promoting him to the big leagues. They're not completely fast tracking his career. And again, this guy is the most major league ready draft prospect as a pitcher that there has been since David Price and he's not going to be well, I guess that would be about the same timetable as David Price because I did do an episode talking about what to expect from him this year but I thought the double A assignment would be really aggressive but he looked really really good against some major league hitters there's a lot of stuff that he has to work on and I think if you see him by mid-season by like the end of May by like around where when the second half is starting if he makes the jump to triple a and he looks like he's figured out double a by that point which is entirely possible because this guy is just so stinking good and he does he does do well to finish the season in triple a i don't think he's going to be like called up in july or anything that would be absolutely insane and i think wrong but i don't think it's out of the question that he gets a start or two after the triple a playoffs are done or the double a playoffs are done I don't, I don't think they're going to send him to the big leagues if, if he's still in double A by the end of this season, which is possible and would not be a disappointment. Like, that really wouldn't be. But again, if things go well for him, if that's not even like the 100th percentile projection is for him making the big leagues this year. I think it's the top, like, 30, 25, 30% projectile. It's even like the, you know, things go 75% right for him. But I think he could be seeing Arlington in a big league game by the end of the year. So those are my three bold predictions and my season predictions, award winners. Major League Baseball season starts tomorrow at, I believe, 11 o'clock Central Time. I'm going to be watching as much baseball as I can. Thank you guys so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day on tomorrow's show. Like I said, I will be at uh, Frisco Actually, what is this? Yeah, this is Wednesday that this is coming out because I'm recording this on Tuesday, and I'm never really good at what day it is anyway. So forgive my math if that was wrong. But on tomorrow's show, I'll be at Frisco Rough Riders Media Day. Like I said at the top of the episode, I'll be talking with hopefully Jack Leiter, Dustin Harris, and definitely a one-on-one with the Viper Chase Lee, an Alabama pick for the Texas Rangers and a 
downright nasty reliever. Can't wait to see what I talk to him about. Then on Friday, I'll be having the big season preview, everything you need to know about the Texas Rangers 2022 season. All that coming up this week. So go make your second listen, Locked on MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please just just call him Sully, please. He brings you his unique perspective on Major League's past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of our 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024.